Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. To the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. I believe Doug Peterson can take his in and beat Yorin, then turn around and take Yorin and beat his in. I believe that. I do. Seventh playoff game. He will coach tomorrow night right here in Duval. He has won a Super Bowl. He has won four total playoff games. Enter Brandon Staley, and he is facing it right now. Okay, playing his starters deep into the game Sunday in Denver. Uh, is it ironic? Perhaps. You know, I put my hand up a couple weeks ago when the Jaguars went to Houston, and, you know, I put a lot of research and a lot of thought into the program. I said, each and every night, and ding! All of a sudden, I was like, hmm, should they sit down Trevor? Should they sit down Travis? And, my God, the mob, the mass, the purple people eaters. The gangrene, the steel curtain. I mean, you guys are coming at me from each and every direction. I'm talking about Henderson and Stroud and Hardy and Brackens and Darius and you name them, they came. And it was all the same. Blue, you're so soft. Whatever happened to you? You don't play scared. You play these players. You play to win the game, even though it was meaningless outside of the fact that Jackson lost eight straight. In Houston, they got him out of there early. Trevor, what one series in the second half? Etn didn't even get the ball in the second thirty minutes of play. But look at what happened in Los Angeles. The entire complexion of this game has changed with the loss of Mike Williams. Don't kid yourself. This is an enormous blow for LA, who, if they're going to pull off this win, and they have a legitimate shot, they are going to have to try to pick apart. Jacksonville's defense and they're going to do that with somewhat of a balanced attack but I think most prominently it's going to be the play action style of Justin Herbert he there's not anyone close to play action opportunities play action passes that he threw this year 215 of which okay you need to be able to have some sort of a semblance of a rushing attack uh, obviously with Austin Eckler, and if you can do that, then everything else sets itself up. But what a major blow for L.A. Mike Williams not going to give it a go. My understanding is that he was on the team playing. My understanding is that they, is, they have also already landed here in Jacksonville, making their way to the hotel. So coming up tomorrow night, what a ball game it should be. All right, absolute pleasure to have you with us. Middle part of January playoff football Right here in Jackson, I mean, this is what it's all about. What more could you possibly ask for 
It's really a phenomenal feeling. And I've looked at this game every possible way that I believe that I can. We still don't know what's going to happen once they get out there and give it a go tomorrow night. I'm really calling for a high-scoring game. I'm surprised that the majority of the money uh, this week has gone on Los Angeles. I'm also surprised that the majority of the money this week has come in on the over, and we'll check that in about 35 minutes with the Philly Rooster. He will join us live from Las Vegas. I just think you look at the last five, and LA's you know only allowed 15 points. You look at the last five, Jacksonville's only allowed 15.6 points. You add that up, that's 30.6. A lot of people playing the under based on that. Also, um, you look at drives this year in the NFL, 10 plays or more, L.A. was number one in the league. What happens when you have double-digit drives? You take clock, right? We've seen that both ways. Jacksonville's had some incredible drives this year. We also saw, you know, go back to the first time they were in Tennessee. What was it, 17, 18, 19 uh, play drive? And there have been times where Tennessee and other teams as well have been able to establish that. Whenever you get those type of drives, uh, that is what slows down a game and an under will come in. If you want the over, I mean, you're looking for a three, four play drive that goes 75 yards and you put up six points. But anyway, that's from a gaming perspective. I'll I'll have much more on that uh, coming up here throughout the remainder of the program. It now comes down to just doing a couple of things here. I I really can't express how much of a loss this is with Mike Williams. Uh, There's two things that Jacksonville has to do an above-average job with. Because in my opinion, you know, Keenan Allen's going to eat, all right, just like Derrick Henry ate a week ago. And we talked about that and and how some yards would, uh, uh, you know, some some yards would be generated, but it was just – you know, there's a difference between 109 yards on 30 carries and 24 carries for 220 yards. You know what I'm saying. Jacksonville allowed 109, and they were okay. And, I, yes, I do understand that takeaways was the difference and special teams and defense uh, was the difference. But you're not going to be able to completely slow down Keenan Allen. All right, Over the last eight weeks, he has 60 receptions. Over the last six weeks, he has 50 receptions. That is the most in the NFL. And they're going to move him all over the place. You know, is he going to be a guy now pressed a little bit more on the outside because Mike Williams is not there? They've used him in the slot. They've used him in some bunch type of packages. Jacksonville this year has played a lot of man-to-man coverage. Do they try to roll over some coverage in the middle part of the field uh, to do a better job defending Keenan Allen? We're going to get a good look at that early tomorrow night. And that's going to end up being a huge component in this football game. Outside of that, you know, it's DeAndre Carter, 46 receptions this year. I, I do think that Josh Palmer is a guy who's kind of forgotten, right? He was a second-round pick in 2020. We'll make that a third-round pick in 2021. He's put up some very good numbers this year, 72 receptions, 769 yards. Yet, when I hear people talk about this game and break down this game, I think they are overlooked, and all of a sudden, they're going to have to come up big. Gerald Everett is going to have to come up big, because right now, if you're a Jaguar fan, 
and you're a Jaguar defender, those are the guys that you let beat you, right? Stopping Austin Eckler and stopping Keenan Allen becomes primary, uh, you know, primary responsibility one and two. You've got to do everything you can with all of your resources to slow down the two most productive players on that football team. If you get beat by DeAndre Carter, I think you tip your cap, okay? You get beat by Austin Eckler, you know, we wake up the next day and check the box score, and we find out that Austin Eckler had 12 receptions for 88 yards and two touchdowns, and you get to ask yourself, what in the hell was this football team doing? They have struggled. Simple screens. They're incredibly vulnerable. And Jacksonville's the worst team in the NFL when it comes to defending running backs who catch the ball out of the backfield. Also, I don't know where I saw it. I wish I documented it, but it came out of L.A. The Jaguars are the third worst tackling unit in the NFL. You know who has the most yaks this year in the NFL, yards after catches? Los Angeles Chargers, 2,542. So this is a very physical bunch as well. It's not one of those, you know, you catch a 16-yard pass and bam, that's where you're tackled. Uh-uh, not L.A. They lead the NFL in yards after a reception, being able to break, contain, make the first guy miss, and, you know, perhaps the second or third guy um, to bring you down when it's all said and done. All right, as always, tonight I want to be really active with you, the Jaguar fan. This is our last opportunity to talk, and, you know, I think Mike Williams really changes this game for the better. I, I hate the injury. I do. I'm not one of those guys. I don't care who you're playing or what it is um, that you lose players. But, but that's part of what we're witnessing right now. Look at the two wild card teams that are going to try to win in the AFC this weekend. If either one of these two teams wins and Jacksonville wins, it would prevent them from going to Kansas City. Your reward? Well, it's a trip to Buffalo. But we know that Lamar Jackson is not playing. We know that Tua is not playing. So there are injuries all over the place. And, you know, when you look at this league, it's been a down year. A lot of people have complained about it. Al Michaels, Peter King, Tom Brady. You see what Al Michaels said about doing Thursday night games is like trying to sell a used car. He's here in Duval. I kind of hope he gets a bad meal. I do. I mean, Al is just so, he's got it all. He's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the greats that we have ever seen. But my goodness, has he ever become the ultimate get off my lawn, everything sucks no matter where I go type of guy. He's 78. If you don't want to do it anymore, leave. There's so many qualified, really good broadcasters out there that would love this gig. Um, a million a game, though. Yep. Yeah, it's hard to turn that down. To me, but why is he complaining all the time? That's the point I'm trying to make. I mean, listen, I love to complain. What do I complain about? I complain about teams that I love who aren't playing well. Al Michaels complains about the product, man. The officials suck. Instant replay sucks. The quality of play sucks. The two teams you asked me to go on out and, and broadcast the game for. So, I mean, he's just 
absolutely miserable. And it's really a sad end to one of the greatest broadcasters uh, in the history of television uh, sports. I don't care what type of era we've been in. I couldn't believe the comments I read uh, earlier today. Anyway, getting back to what I was trying to say. Despite Al Michaels, okay, there's a lot of good teams playing really good football right now. San Francisco, they've won 10 in a row. Cincinnati, they've won eight in a row. Buffalo, idle this week, they've won seven in a row. And then Jacksonville and Kansas City, both sitting on five-game winning streaks as we get ready for these games coming up. Six of them, of course, two tomorrow, three on Sunday, and then the Monday night matchup down the road in Tampa. We know that within our state, Miami, Tampa, and Jacksonville, all three teams are underdogs during Wild Card Weekend. But, I mean, how cool is that when you just look at certain teams who are in it, how they're playing? I mentioned this earlier in the week. It's also no secret. And, and take this with you, okay, and do whatever you want with it. But to me, this is the most encouraging bit of data that was produced this week, okay? 32 teams, only 10 quarterbacks started every game. Eight of those 10 quarterbacks are in the playoffs, okay? That includes Trevor Lawrence, and he's 23 years of age. That right there, regardless of tomorrow night's outcome, should be enough to keep your excitement level at an all-time high during the offseason. I don't want to look at the offseason. I'm just merely giving you facts here, okay? You've got your man, and he's going up tonight against a 24-year-old. They're both making their first-ever playoff start. We're going to get a winner. We're going to get a loser. We're going to have a happy fan base. We're going to have a disappointed fan base. What What encourages me most about this game, And about Doug Peterson, he is going to do whatever it takes to try to win this game. It felt like he didn't get that opportunity last week. Sometimes your hands are tied. There are times where, you know, you can only take what the game gives you. But I've heard all week, you know, is this when we see the old 39 Periwinkle or is this when we see an aversion of a Jacksonville's Philly special? Are we going to get more counters? Why did Jamal Agnew only have one touch last week? He was phenomenal with his six returns. Doug Peterson has proven that in Philly, and he's proven it since he's since he got here. Remember some of those early fourth downs, uh, you know, Jacksonville's side of the field, and what is he doing? Was it? He's trying to win. I think players play harder for coaches who are trying to win. Three and out and a punt, like the 2018 AFC Championship game, that disaster by Doug Marone and Nate Hackett. I don't expect that tomorrow night. Push comes the shove. I believe Doug Peterson will do whatever it takes to try to win this game. And there'll be some second guessing if you don't pick up a first down. But still, as a fan... You can't have it both ways. Actually, you're a fan. You can. You can have it both ways. But if he's going to be aggressive, you got to live by the sword. You got to die by the sword. And I would much rather see Doug Peterson, if it happens the wrong way tomorrow night, go down swinging. Go down swinging the way that Reggie Jackson used to go down swinging. Go down swinging the way that Dave Kingman used to go down 
swinging. D- don't get out swinging the way that Terry Francona put Manny Ramirez in as a pinch hitter. He said he had two bad hamstrings, and he went to the ba- batter's box and took three straight strikes. He didn't even take the bat off his shoulder. He just sat there. One, two, three. I said I wanted the day off. You know what that was? That was Doug Marone last time the Jaguars were in the playoffs. That was Nate Hackett the last time the Jaguars were in the playoffs. They were Manny Ramirez. They sat and watched three balls over the heart of the plate and walked back. Said, hey, we had a good year, right? Uh Uh-uh. Good Doug Peterson did two weeks later. He physically went out and outcoached Bill Belichick with Nick Foles as your quarterback. Don't kid yourself. This is an enormous intangible, okay? I think L.A. is a better team. I think L.A. has more star power, okay? Jacksonville has the home crowd. Jacksonville has the head coach experience. This will be his seventh playoff game. To me, that is the difference. Give me Jacksonville. 34, L.A., 31, tomorrow night, and what a football game it is going to be. All right, we are jam-packed over the next couple of hours. I cannot believe this. The only disappointment is we're doing the show sober. I feel like if the Jaguars are in the playoffs, I feel like we should be able to have cocktails while we're doing this show. What do you think, JJ? Everyone else I'm is out. ahead of you, bro. They're all partying with the Frangie show. Look at this place. It's a, it, I mean, why not? Me and new guy Trevor have been drinking. Send the so. send Trevor, our intern, over to the old Glens Liquors. <laughs> Let's snap them open and 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 have a good time. I mean, wow, what a weekend! I mean, this is this is what you live for. I've been seeing a lot of new Jags gear around town. Well, but- saw some lady in my apartment complex, fresh Trevor jersey today. Everyone's feeling it. This is what you live for as a sports fan. I, I, I want this so bad for you people, okay? I, I mean, losing is great for my job. Losing is great for sports radio. You know what else is great? Winning. Winning is great. Now, I will say we don't get half as much feedback on the text line and stuff like that when they win because people love to complain. But losing year after year after year after year is, is, is just terrible. So I want this so bad uh, for you Jaguar fans tomorrow night just to relish in the moment and enjoy it all. And then hopefully we'll be back here on Monday talking about moving on to the divisional round. All right, Shmunez Vision. They bring you opening comments each and every night. You know, if you got nosebleed seats tomorrow night and you can't see, I've tried to warn you. I've tried to tell you. Take advantage of these outstanding people. Schmunez Vision out at the beach, whether it is normal eye care, eye maintenance, or it could be a severe situation when it comes to medical or surgical eye care. Again, I had surgery more than eight years ago. Just went in for a normal checkup to get an update on my contacts. Dr. Schmunez is like, bro, we got to dive deep into that right eye, and we need to do it tomorrow. You've got a major problem there. So, bam, put me under, went in, came out. That's the keys, coming out, right? Came out, no problems, no issues. Every time I go, I looks fantastic. Life is great. I can see. What about you? Is this guy dark? Can you not see? 
you're struggling, then you get home and you want to read. You got to put your readers on. You can't find your reader. I mean, then you fall asleep at night. The contacts, it's just a, it's a pain in the ass. There's no other way to say it. Take advantage of everything that they have for you. It is the fine people at Schmunez Vision. Call them today, 299-2906, or go to schmunezvision.com. Care, you can see. So fired up to be here. How lucky am I to be talking Jaguars playoff football on the eve of this matchup? Light them up, 641-1010 on the text line. Brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Nonstop Jaguars talk over the next couple of hours with J.J., Good to have you with us. I'm Rick Ballou. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, the Mac, their cover band, very good cover band in town a week from Thursday. I may have a little something for you later in the program. Got to keep it here. Rick Ballou along with JJ tonight till 8, 1675 says, what are you talking about, Ballou? I don't think the Chargers can have an unhappy fan base due to the fact that they do not have a fan base. Well done. I mean, that is outstanding. You know, I I did see somewhere that uh, some L.A. fans were, like, complaining about how the Jaguars moving to London, this and that. It's the same fan base that just went from San Diego to L.A. What the hell are they talking about? I've also been told now that, uh, not as though it matters because he's been scratched, but Mike Williams did stay back in L.A. We were told yesterday he would be on the team playing. And a couple of, a lot of response here on Al Michaels. Some people think that that I, the word hate is uh, is so unfair and I do not feel that way. I'm disappointed is the word I would like to say with Al Michaels because he, to me, is on Mount Rushmore. He is one of the greatest broadcasters that we have ever had, but he has been so incredibly annoyed and unhappy as a broadcaster as of late, and I don't get it. I I just don't. Don't understand it. Anyway, you know, when I started in this biz, I held with the, you know, held the microphone for Lynn Swan as a sideline assistant or Jack Root. And that great college tandem was, uh, you know, Keith Jackson and Bob Greasy with Lynn Swan on the sideline. Also with Tom Block, who you hear on our station all the time. He is the uh, Florida State sideline reporter. Tom's the one who got me in. I began interning for him in 1992 in Tallahassee. We also did quite a few. They were all geographically speaking, okay? I I did quite a few Monday night football games that were either in New Orleans or Atlanta. Uh, I believe I did a few in Tampa. And that's when Al Michaels was, you know, part of the the three-man booth with uh, Frank Gifford and um, and Dan Deardorff back in the day. So, I've been around Al for a little bit. I, I, I saw certainly, you know, um, lowest common denominator was yours truly, you know, making 75 bucks a day, working like 10 hours. Uh, that, but that's how things began. So I had seen Al, and he, he was he was great back then. And, and, and the thing that sticks, I remember one year we were in the Superdome. It was Block, myself, and one other guy. We, we sat there to kind of get the staging correct 
for those three, and then they came on, and they literally would spray paint the hair on for Al Michaels, and 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 a little bit for Frank Gifford. It, it was it was really cool. I I had no and. I still don't know. I've never really, you know, I've never really been a TV guy for obvious reasons. Okay. Uh, to me, it's always been about radio. Yeah, I've always picked up hot chicks. That's because I know how to talk, kids. That's how I know how to, you know, you, you need to have that gift of, of a little bit of a personality and know what to say and maybe at times know not what to say. Today's kids don't have to say anything, right? All they have to do is get digits and send a text. I don't know if I'm jealous about that or if I'm happy about that. All right. Biggest concern. What is the biggest concern in this game? For me, it's stopping Austin Eckler. For me, it's a massive turnout offensively starting with Trevor Lawrence. I I think if they fail in either one of those two avenues, they are not going to win this game. This isn't going to be a low-scoring affair with, you know, a last-minute defensive touchdown, which wins the game. I've called for a 34-31 Jacksonville victory. To me, it's one of those games where Trevor Lawrence has got to throw for 260, 270 yards, hopefully three touchdowns, but they also have a successful night when it comes to running the football with Travis Etienne. I mean, could this be a game where Jermichael Hasty gets a tiny bit of burn? Is, is this an opportunity now for Jamal Agnew uh, to perhaps do a little something when it comes to running the football w- with some counters or some things along those lines? But, yeah, I'm, this is a defense that allows 146.8 yards a game on the ground. I think Jacksonville's got to get close to that number when it comes to rushing the football. And again, I think they got to be in the 260s, 270s range when passing the football. The, the good news is you know if you're able to do one thing, the other should be easier to accomplish. If this game begins tomorrow night, and as bad as Los Angeles' run defense is, if Jacksonville struggles to run the football, then all of a sudden they're up against it. Okay, and that puts that much more pressure on Trevor Lawrence and this football team to get it done in the air. I also believe that tomorrow night that doing some things early is very important. Jacksonville, that may be, and I almost said that may be the greatest untold story. That, That would be incorrect. It has been discussed here ad nauseum, all right? But Jacksonville can't get down again 10-0. They, they can't be down 17-0. You can't do it in this game. You, you, you cannot play come from behind the entire matchup tomorrow night. Jacksonville has to get back to where they're taking some clock, moving the football, and putting up some points, even if it's a field goal early, all right? They, they've got to do that if – they are going to win this football game. I, to me, this is not the type of team that you want to climb back from because even though they lost J.C. Jackson, their pass defense has been as good as any in the NFL the last couple of weeks. It has been absolutely spectacular. Biggest concern for you, J.J.? 
I gave you two. Do you got one for us? Yeah, uh, Herbert just in general against this defense. I think I I keep getting flashbacks to Jared Goff. You know, uh, even the Cowboys game, even though they won, I mean, he was throwing it all over the yard on them. I I think it's going to be a score fest, and I think the Jags linebackers are going to be in for it. You know what would be great if we could turn this into a wrestling type of gimmick and have a loser must cut his hair matchup oh, tomorrow night? Oh, Samson off. How much? Yeah, <laughs> Samson off. Fabio. But, I mean, we could have Trevor in one side with those flowing locks. Oh, my and, God. And as great as Trevor's mame is, Justin Herbert's in a completely different category. Oh, man. you think Herbert's better? Oh, I, that thing just bounces and behaves. Wow, and what, I was I mean, going to say the opposite. That thing is, uh, you know, he's got all sorts of different conditioners and moisturi- moisturizers. And, you know, I think Trevor Lawrence is a guy who probably sneaks into a uh, saloon every once in a while. Saloon. I think Justin Herbert sneaks into only a salon. Okay, that's See, the way Trevor's I'm looking at this. Trevor's much more blonde now that I'm taking a look at it and I'm really investigating. But Trevor's is just, it's long and straight. Yes. You can't do an awful lot with it. It's its a lot more feminine. With Herbert, I'm sure you can get in there with, with product and make that thing wind tunnel tested and have them do all sorts of crazy stuff. Well, you know, I, I might be going over to your side the more I look at it, but ah, uh, just... Better looking wise. Um, I'm not talking I'm, about looks. I'm, I'm talking about hair. Enough, I'm man enough to say Trevor's a better looking guy than Herbert. Yeah, nothing to do with looks. Look at the rock stars out there. They're ugly <laughs> as can be, but they got long hair, and women just start taking garments off and throwing it on stage. I, I just said it earlier about how I'm not on TV. I don't know makeup. Women don't care if you're good looking or not. They care if you have long hair. They care if you have money. They care if you can make them laugh. Or have a radio show. Well, that too. <laughs> By the way, we'll be at... Uh, uh, never mind. Um, Has your girl ever listened to your radio show? My girlfriend? Yeah. She listens all the time. Does she? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I do things like this to kind of keep her on her toes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've had quite a few people say that they'd be more than happy... To stop by the old Glen's Liquors, which I don't <laughs> know the name, to, to pick us up whatever Southside. it is that we want to drink while we're on the air. All right, Russian Standard Vodka. Man, we got such great listeners here on Into the Night and on 1010XL and 92.5 FM in general. All right, here's what I want to do. I want to bring in the Philly Rooster because uh, I think it's very important to, uh, to look at the money. All right, I know that there's a... Uh, a, a, a portion of you, a large portion of you who are going to place bets on the six games this weekend. And, you know, I've always been one of those that have told you for years and years and years to never bet on your team because if you don't cover the point spread, can you fully enjoy a victory? Well, this is the type of game where that does not apply. Jacksonville is an underdog, and it's basically a pick them. They're the slightest underdog. My recommendation would be play money line because you're going to get back a little bit more than you would if you're taking the plus two or plus two and a half. But I, I, I think this is one of those deals where you can kind of roll everything uh, into one. 
Uh, earlier in the week, you know, the Philly godfather told us he was teasing Jacksonville, taking it from plus two to plus nine. He was doing it with Cincinnati, who was laying, uh, I believe, seven. And now that's up to eight, eight and a half. He got that as an even pick. Of course, for those of you who do not know, when you uh, play a teaser, it's hard enough to win one game. Now you got to win two games. But I just, I have that hunch in this one. I do. And I'm an on better. I haven't bet in 10 years. I tell you right now, it's, it's just the way that, it, that things are. Um, and if I was going to bet, it would have been last week. And I would have rolled heavy on Jacksonville. I had a 31-14 win. They only won by four. I had them by 17. I would have been a big loser on that Saturday night. This one's different because you're getting points. So let's do this with the Philly Rooster. Also, I'm getting more requests as well. I'm going to rerun the Derek Trucks interview that I did at 620 last night just because he's Derek Trucks. And if you didn't hear what he had to say, about being a Jaguar fan and really his his point of view in this matchup tomorrow night, it was just incredible. I mean, the fact that he's playing the National Anthem for the first time ever with his wife, Susan Tedeschi, is cool enough. Yes, he has done it solo before. Yes, she has sung it uh, solo before. But this is the first combined effort. But you can really feel his – am I wrong here, J.J.? The energy about him as being a lifelong season ticket holder and fan, just how important this game is for him to He was like a kid. He was excited. For someone who's played with, you know, the biggest names in music and the biggest venues in the world probably, it was exciting to hear someone excited to just sing the national anthem in their home city. Yeah, I do ask him about Jeff Beck, who also passed uh, this past week, but that's at the very end of the interview, but I want you to enjoy that as well. So that's coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. Okay, they are rolling in. 641-1010 on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. JJ gave you his biggest concern. I gave you my biggest two concerns. Give it to us as well right here on the text line. Best way, 641-1010. Again, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. You can also get me on Twitter at Baloo1010XL. Now, another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line, brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. Into the night with Rick Baloo on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, the Philly Rooster, 30 seconds away. Man, look at the concerns rolling in at 641-1010. Here's one that says, my biggest concern is Jacksonville dropping the football. 41 drops this year for the good guys. L.A. has 27. So they've put it on the carpet as well. And, of course, they will not have Mike Williams for this football game tomorrow night. Uh, They average three points more a game. With Mike Williams, 23-8 with him, 20.3 without. So, uh, I should say three and a half points is the difference in production. They're going to miss him. And remember, the last time they played, he only had one reception for 15 yards. So, Jackson will blew him out. But for the most part, you had no Austin Eckler, you had no Mike Williams, you had no Keenan Allen. Let's bring in the Philly Rooster. He joins us here each and every Friday as we take a look at the money and the massive matchups that are coming up this weekend during Wild Card Weekend, the Philly Rooster. How you doing, buddy? Good, Rick. How you making out? Things are good here. It's a little chilly, 
You know, it's a little cold, but, you know, it feels more like northern football, not, uh, not you know, down here in the deep south. Yeah, and I can't believe the uh, regular season's over. I mean, this this year, every year flies by, but those 18 weeks this year seemed like it was just a, a blip in the radar. I saw earlier this week that since the NFL merger, uh, more than 40% of the games, it was the most ever, were decided by six points or less. Yeah, and look, let's face it. we You, you could see the writing on the wall. You know, Red Zone makes such a big deal out of, you know, the witching hour and one one possession games. And there's been so many questionable calls. I'm not saying things are fixed, but there's definitely a lean towards making not only the teams equal, but the games close. Mm -hmm. And, And, you know, I saw some calls this year that just made me fall off my chair like this is crazy. Well, college and pro, you can go back to the semifinal weekend in college. There were terrible calls or non-calls there. Yeah, and it seems like they're always on the team that's trying to catch up. <laughs> so it's, it's right. you know, you lay seven on a game, you think you're safe, you're up 14 with, you know, three and a half minutes left, and boom, touchdown field goal. Now it's a four-point game. I know I asked you this before, but I wonder if it's changed at all. It, are are we at the point now where you really have to study the officiating crew? Absolutely. And, you know, we look at it. I, I, I think it deserves more attention than any we, than even we give. And especially when you look at a crew that calls a lot of defensive penalties and you have to look at the total because, you know, a pass interference could be a 50-yard penalty that puts you in the red zone, you know, without completing a pass, without doing any running game. And if you have a, a crew that calls a lot of that, you have to put that into the total as well as the side, depending on which is the better passing team. I'm going to dive into that deep in this offseason. Yeah, it's fascinating to me because, you know, that that's a great example. That That's one of those, you know, really major reward type of penalties if, if your team gets a 40, 50-yard pass interference but you know what about something that's simpler uh, officiating crews who call holding compared to officiating crews that do not call holding that's another one and you know holding it basically stops a drive so that definitely helps the under um i'm a big proponent and i I was against this probably until three years ago but i think they have to relook at pass interference because it's a game-changing call Mm mm-hmm you know, you, you call a 40-yard pass interference, it basically guarantees a score. And, you know, in college with the 15-yard, and I know the argument against it is they'll just interfere every long pass play, but um, I don't know. I think they have to relook at it, and NFL does a great job at that. Yeah, that's fair. You know, if I could change two rules, I, I would change the pass interference in the NFL, and I would change your knee is down in college. I've I've never – understood or you can slip and, and and touch the ground and get up and still the ball is uh, or the play is blown dead all right Philly Rooster let, let's get right after it obviously huge game right here in Duval uh, tomorrow night it, it appears that most of the money so far this week has come in on Los Angeles now it's been known for a couple of hours that Mike Williams is out has anything changed it has changed a little bit and uh, there's a lot of money movement every day on these games 
but the big money movement will be the day of. Uh, but this game is really interesting to me. Open one and a half and 47. Like you said, a lot of Charger money came in, went up to two and a half um, and 47 and a half. So the total creeped up a little bit. Right now in Vegas, according to my sources, 51% of the bets are on the Chargers and 54% of the money is on the Jags. Mm. That changed today. Mm. Um, when I was preparing for this call, it was, you know, earlier today, it was around 55% bets on the Chargers and 55% money. So Jags money came in today. It didn't move the line a whole, mu- a whole lot. I'm not surprised at that because – Going from two and a half to one and a half or even one is not a big move in the NFL. Two is not a key number. If this game went to three, I would be shocked because that would take a lot of money to move this game up, even that half point because three is such a key number. Um, But this wide receiver, he is huge for this team. He changes their whole offensive game plan. Uh, Herbert's going to be pressured a lot more because they can basically pin their ears back and go after him. And, you know, I've been with you all year on the Jags, and I am not stopping now. I like the Jags here. I think they're going to win outright. I look, I'm i taking the money line plus 120 on the Jags. All right, money line play there by the Philly Rooster. Uh, we got wrong information yesterday, and it, it – I mean, the reporters in L.A. were told that, that Mike Williams was going to be on the plane and that Mike Williams would be a game-time decision. We would know 90 minutes – uh, before kickoff, that changed today with the announcement. So, you know, and I know you touched upon this briefly. Are there a lot of a lot of folks, including a lot of sharp money, that was waiting until ninety minutes before kick that now all of a sudden is making their play now? Yes, some of that happened today. Some sharp money came in on the Jags today with that information. Um, a lot of guys were waiting to see what the line did. You know, if it went down to two, you probably would have seen more people jump in. Everybody I know out here that wants to bet the Jags was holding off to try and take three flat. Mm. All right. Three is like the God number in Vegas. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. You, they were waiting and waiting and waiting and never happened. And then this info came out, and I don't think it's going that way at all. You know, you look over the last five, LA's allowed 15 points. That includes the 31 where, you know, reserves were in for some of the game. And Jacksonville's allowed 15.6 over the last five. So that, yeah, that up, that's 30.6. Yet I like the over here. I, I think it's going to be a 34 31 Jacksonville win. So do you have an opinion on 47 and a half points? Well, 47's the key number here. Um, I would have gone over 46 and a half. I'm with you. I think this is good. They're, both of these teams got their offenses together near the end of the season. So um, the Jags just turned it on the last four games, as you know. So I definitely leaned over, but I'm a student of the numbers. And once this thing hit 47, I was out on the over. If it goes to 48, I'm going to be leaning the other way. All right. Billy Rooster, uh, there you have it. Going to play the money line. And again, he'll have to check the total. Uh, before kickoff tomorrow night. Uh, Give us all your info, Philly Rooster, so our listeners out there can uh, get up with you. Yeah, at Philly Rooster on Twitter. uh, We have the free Rooster hotline. I'll give out free games all, you know, all NFL weekend. I give out college basketball games. uh, And the phillygodfather.com, it's three bucks a day. You get everything I bet. I put my own money on every game I put out, whether it's free or on the site. 
and the gold ones are on the site. You know, I said through this out earlier yesterday, uh, 32 playoff teams, only 10 quarterbacks have started every game. Eight of those 10 quarterbacks are in the playoffs. Let's get to the Vikings-Giants, where Cousins, as we know, has started every game. New York here, interesting team. I mean, certainly well-coached. The line just looks odd to me. What's your opinion on New York at Minnesota? Well, the Giants, well, this game opened three, uh, 47 and a half, very little movement. It's sitting three, 48 and a half. Um, 53% of the bets are on the Giants. And here's the big number, 70%, 77% of the money in Vegas right now is on the Giants. Really? This is a game. Yeah. Well, this is a game where squares or, you know, um, home betters or the public, whatever you want to call it, and the Sharps agree. The Giants is the move here. Now, the Vikings are a 13-14, and 14, but they won all their one-possession games. These Both of these teams played very comfortable from behind, and I think the thinking is when you have two teams that are comfortable from behind and play a lot of one-possession games, you always take the three points or higher. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. If you look at Minnesota, I mean, you you pointed it out. They're 13-4, and four, but their point differential is minus three. When's the last time that's happened? I ha- would have to go back and look. I would venture to guess it probably has never happened on a team that's 13-4. and four, But like I said, they, they're very comfortable from behind. But the problem is, so are the Giants. So you look at these two teams, who does that give the edge to? The Vikings are only three because they're home. Uh, it is a good home field advantage team, but both teams are comfortable playing there. Uh, I lean Giants here. I'm going to take the Giants plus three. Um, just the thinking, you know, when you got two teams like this that are comfortable, give me the field goal and we'll see what happens. All right, both sides here, bets and money, really favoring the New York Giants, especially the money. Would you say 77%? Right now, 77%, which uh, that's a very high number. So, you know, like I said, all the big bets are on the Giants. Now, again, game day is when you really have to look at these splits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, let's wrap it up with Tampa. Uh, they do play host to Dallas. They met in week one, uh, kind of like the game here with L.A. and Jackson in week three. I, I, I don't think you can really gauge all that much from a, a, a contest played that early in the season. I, I don't know how to figure out. Tampa Bay. Uh, maybe you do. What's your opinion here on Monday night? This game opened Cowboys three, 45 and a half. Um, Bucks took some money, uh, sitting two and a half, 45 and a half. Right now, 59% of the bets are on the Bucks and 68% of the money. Now, you know, the Bucks are the home team, obviously. Tom Brady's unbelievable record in the playoffs is definitely showing up here. The way Dallas played the last two weeks of the year is definitely showing up here. One of the most, (laughs) you know, the Monday morning quarterbacks overreact so much on one terrible game in the NFL makes me scream. But I think this is a total, complete wrong line on this game. The Cowboys are better up and down the roster, offensively and defensively. You're looking at a Cowboys team that, in my opinion, in this game should be at least six in Tampa Bay against a team that cannot run at all. And once you pressure Brady at 45 years old, he he is done. Uh, this is the easiest game on the board for me this week. 
Give me the Cowboys minus two and a half for a huge bet. All right, big play there, liking Dallas on the road Monday night. Uh, each and every one of these six games, it is a rematch. The three that we left alone are meeting for the third time because it's a divisional game. Seattle at San Fran, Miami at Buffalo with a backup quarterback for the Dolphins, the Ravens in Cincinnati with a backup quarterback. Um, so they're going to do it for a third time. I Again, I know I ask you this all the time, but – do you look at trends there without getting into uh, specifics on the game? Do you look at what has happened in the previous two to affect your decision on any one of these three games? I do. And, you know, I'm not a trends guy. Like, if you tell me the last 40 times it was raining in Minnesota, you know, uh, the, the underdog won. That's, that's not a trend to me. But when you give me a current trend, like, you know, Cincinnati beat, the Ravens the last two times they played or, you know, something recent. We definitely look at that and we definitely look at the games that were played earlier in the season and the coaching adjustments that were made, not only from game one to game two, but from first half to second half. Mm -hmm. And that's where coaching comes in. When you've got a really good coach, it's very hard, like an Andy Reid or Bill Belichick, very hard to beat these guys twice and almost impossible to beat them three times. Yeah, and and that really has figured into my decision. I'm I'm taking Doug Peterson over Brandon Staley tomorrow night. It's as simple as that. I think he's Agreed. a better coach. I think, I think you got the better coach and the better quarterback, let's face it. Yeah. I, I, you know, the, the, the Herbert has not proven to me to be in that upper echelon, and I think, you know, um, I think, Trevor has creeped into that discussion. I'm not going to say he's there yet. I can't wait to see this game. I think this will vault him into it uh, if he has a really stellar performance, which I'm hoping he does. Uh, but uh, Herbert's not there, and I think he can get jumped over by Lawrence this weekend. All right, Philly Rooster, once again, please give your info to our listeners. At Philly Rooster on Twitter. Tune in for the Rooster Hotline and the phillygodfather.com. Three bucks a day. Come have some fun. Appreciate it, as always. Best of luck in all your plays. Thanks, Rick. You too. There he goes. The Philly Rooster. He's taking the Jaguars. Getting two and a half points. He'll take a look at the over uh, tomorrow night. Likes New York plus the three. Made a lot of sense with that reasoning, because I'll tell you what. I'm looking at this cross-eyed, and I'm like, Minnesota. You know, Minnesota big, but 13-4, and four, and they're minus three as far as point differential. <laughs> that is amazing to me. Let me see here as I head to this break. I got to hit it right now. The Jaguars are what? Plus 57. The Jaguars are plus 54 in their point differential. All right. Los Angeles is plus seven. All right. I've been giving you third down numbers all week. Red zone efficiency numbers all week. And they're all very important. There's no question about it. But isn't point differential kind of important? I mean, last year the Jaguars were minus 12 a game. Minus 12 a game last year. Right now this year, plus 54 for the season. An unbelievable turnaround, both by their offense and their defense. All right, let's get back to some of your thoughts on this. Also, the Derek Trucks interview is coming up at the top of the hour. Uh, Derek Trucks and his wife Susan Tedeschi, they will play the national anthem tomorrow night right before kick here in Jacksonville. 
Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, our second hour. Go tonight till 8. Then it's Hacker. Tedeschi Trucks. Getting ready to go back out on the road, as a matter of fact, next week. Um, um, I'm planning on going to their show a week from Sunday in Gainesville. I, you know, I haven't even peeked, peeked ahead at the schedule as far as who plays whom or what time. Obviously, the Jags have a game. Uh, that could change my overall thinking. But Derek Trucks, a lifelong uh, fan of the Jacksonville Jaguars, season ticket holder since day one, born and raised right here. His wife, Susan Tedeschi, from my hometown of Boston, and their band is incredible. For the first time ever, the two will get together for the national anthem. Last night at Mr. Chubby's on a Thursday early in the show, I had an opportunity to talk with Derek Trucks. Want to replay that for you right now. No. Another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line. Brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. What an honor. I imagine it is for them to sing the national anthem and play the national anthem coming up Saturday night. Likewise, it's an honor to bring Derek Trucks back on to the program with Rick Ballou as we are broadcasting live from Mr. Chubby's in Ponte Vedra Beach. Derek, always a pleasure, young man. How are you? Good, man. Good to talk to you. Yep, it's good to have you back. Uh, rehearsals the last couple of days, uh, how have they gone? And what's it been like to, to do this now with you know, you and your wife doing the national anthem this way for the first time. You know, it, we, we've never worked it up. We never, we, we've been asked to do the anthem before and usually, uh, um, Sue sings it so well. I was like, go for it. I'll sit in the crowd and have a beer. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I, this game just felt different. You're like, you know what, if we're ever going to work one up, let's, now's the time. And it's, it's been really fun. I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be really good. We just left the stadium and, drug some amplifiers down there and got to plug in and play through the uh, the big PA in there and listen to the the delay make sure it's all going to work but I, I think it's going to I think it's going to be good. Yeah, spend a second on that Derek. How hard is that? I don't think the average listener, even those who go to many concerts, understands what it's like with the echo and and what you're hearing compared to what the crowd is hearing. Well, you know most most music venues you don't you don't have that too bad, but when you're playing uh, like when I know Sue has sung the anthem in baseball stadiums or uh, football stadiums, and it's they're just not made for sound. So when you when you sing, you hear yourself singing a second or two later, and if if you're not focused, it's easy to get lost in the mix. <laughs> so when you <laughs> a lot of times if you see somebody doing the anthem and they and you see that little look of fear, it's usually because they they're not listening to themselves; <laughs> they're listening to the the one that's a second behind. <laughs> so it's a uh, it's a little bit of a. It'll mess with your mind, so you have to uh, you have to go in there and uh, and just and focus or put one finger in your ear and block it out. But yeah, it, it takes a second. But it, it was good today. We they let us go down a day early or two days early to uh, to go test it out, and uh, that, that guitar amp sounded good and the PA held up. So I think we'll be in good shape. Yeah, it's interesting. Your wife, of course, is from Boston, and you know baseball stadiums do have that echo, including Fenway Park, and I know she's sung the national anthem there. She's sung it here. Uh, you've done it on guitar as well. Remember a couple of years ago during COVID, um, you were able to lay it down, and, and it was played when, unfortunately, not a, not a ton of fans 
were at the stadium. So when you collaborate here, what what goes into how do you how do you decide to you know put all of this together with you two with the national anthem? You, you know, her voice is so strong that you just want to let that carry the day. But you know, with the two of us, you want to get a mix it up a little bit. I, I always think of my grandfather, who was a World War II vet. Um, he he was the uh, the veteran of the game a few years ago. He was 101 years old at the stadium, and but he was very particular about his anthems. He didn't want you uh, going off script too much. So <laughs> I, I always think about Claude Trucks a little bit when we work it up too, to like make sure that you're stating the melody correctly. Um, and you know he he didn't mind if we took a few liberties. <laughs> the <end of> the <laughs> game, but, but you definitely uh, you know you're not going to go too far off script. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was lucky enough to meet your uh, your granddad a few times. What a man, what a great life, 101 years. Derek Trucks with us, of course, Tedeschi Trucks, getting ready to go back out on tour right around the corner. As a matter of fact, he'll begin uh, with his band uh, cranking things up uh, with rehearsals this week. All right, Derek, I mean, what an environment this past Saturday night. I, I'm one of those who in the NFL, unlike college, doesn't always believe that a home crowd can make that big of a difference boy was i ever wrong this past saturday night that crowd was outstanding you could feel it man from from the first drive i I was like oh everyone's standing up (laughs) this is good like this is this is how it's supposed to be and and i i think the crowd certainly affected the energy of the game i mean it was the the game was uh i mean we didn't have the lead until until we did (laughs) but there was never a sense of the crowd or the team feeling out of it. And I think that home, that home energy was big. And, you know, I mean, we all know we've lived here a long time and been going to games a long time. There's a lot of pent up uh, energy in that, in that uh, fan base ready to come out. And it was, uh, it was exciting to be there. I mean, I haven't felt it like that in there. Um, maybe since that Morton Anderson miss kick, or there's been a few games this season, the two point conversion where you felt that energy where, um, we haven't had that in, in a long time here. So it's, uh, I think it's hopefully a sign of things to come. No doubt, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of think this is gravy, Derek. I think next year they're legit and really have a shot. I mean, totally. I'm not saying that they, they don't this year, but I, this was unexpected. You've been a day one season ticket holder. I mean, you remember 96 and 97 uh, and, and certainly 99, and uh, you can go to 2017. But, again, this year – I don't think people expected this, especially after losing five in a row. So for a lifelong Jaguar fan like yourself, what has this last month plus been like for you? I, I mean, it's uh, every game felt like a playoff game, even though we, I mean, we were what, three and seven. So you, you were essentially out of it, but there was, there was this underlying sense that you were not. And Doug Peterson just has that. I, I love, I love his, his spirit and the, his MO. It just seems like he's, eye on the prize but he does, he seems pretty unfazed by it and uh i don't know you feel that with the team but the, this build feels a lot different than 2017 even though we were you know we should have been in the super bowl that year uh, but it, it didn't feel like this the, this one the just the the game flow and the the way the season flowed has just been a lot more fun and i don't know it's a it's a it's a really likable team too i mean watching we're we're on the home side or tickets and uh when Trevor overthrew Zay in the back of the end zone this last game, the first time you, we saw Trevor walk to the the bench and just launch his helmet. Like you never see that. And Zay went and picked it up and he handed him his helmet. <laughs> you could see him like just 
talking to him like, no, man, we got this. And then they kind of hugged it out. And I was like, I don't remember seeing that kind of spirit on the team uh, in a long time. So it, there's, there seems to be a, a good energy with this team. You could feel it back in training camp. Like, yeah, but I didn't expect to be in the playoffs, but you, you knew it was a different uh, a different team. So it, it feels good, man. It's exciting. No doubt. All right, what do, you, what do you think? What do you think coming up on Saturday night? I mean, the experts are saying it's basically a pick maybe a slight favorite to the visiting Los Angeles Chargers. What do you believe, Derek? I mean, I, I would be on the other side of that. I think it's, uh, I think it's you know, I see it being a pick but I, I feel like we have the momentum. I feel like we're certainly playing on house money. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we got the nerves out last week. We played a little tight last week, but enough to win I, I feel like we're going to come out loose and free and I, I think it's a I think it's more of a climb for them than it is us and I mean if Mike Williams doesn't go that's big um I don't know it seems like maybe he's game time but I like our chances man I like the home field advantage I like the momentum I like our coach I like our quarterback I like the the team our defense is opportunistic and uh if the crowd's in it I think we got a really good shot yeah no doubt about it. All right, whenever I get with you, I always ask about musicians. Uh, did you ever did you ever get a chance to meet Jeff Beck? Yeah, man, quite a few times. Um, at some of those Eric Clapton Crossroads festivals, and uh, we played shows with him, and we, uh, we actually did a show at the White House with B.B. King and Jeff Beck and Mick Jagger, and I, I have this incredible photo of Jeff Beck. We were waiting to get in uh, to the White House security there, and our daughter, Sophia, was maybe six or seven at the time, five or six, and there's this great picture of Jeff Beck just kind of leaning on Sophia, and I, I sent it to her a few days ago. We, we knew he had been a little bit sick, but he, he was a sweetheart, man, and uh, a guitar hero and one of a kind. I mean, he was – no one played like him. He was uh, – I mean, it's Hendrix and Clapton and Beck, and those are the – those are kind of the uh, – for that era, those are the guys, so it's, uh, that's a big loss. It is, no doubt. We're losing too many great people out there. All right, hey, you're getting ready to hit the road, man. You, you're hitting all, uh, you, obviously not here, but what, Gainesville and all the way around the state uh, beginning in about a week. Yeah, we're getting excited, man. Um, we got a playoff game this weekend, and then our band rolls in town the next day to get cranking, so it's a, it's a good way to start the year, ready to get out and play and hang with everybody again. And um, It's funny, it's the longest break we've had since uh, – we got back out on the road post-COVID, so um, I just noticed the last few days that me and Sue were like, hey, we kind of miss our band. <laughs> We've been hanging out with <laughs> these crazy people, so I'm um, excited for everyone to get down here and get out in our studio and knock the dust off of it, knock the rust off a bit, and, uh, and get it cranking again. Sounds tremendous. Derek Trucks, ladies and gentlemen, he along with his wife, Susan Tedeschi, they will play the national anthem right before kick Saturday night, Jaguars chargers thanks as always derek yeah man let's win this one for old jim kane man let's get it done for the godfather you know he's watching from above no doubt about that all right man will you be well that was from yesterday uh derek trucks uh joining us here on 1010xl 92.5 fm yes the godfather will be looking uh from above down uh on the field a longtime season ticket holder as well his daughter crystal uh, still a season ticket holder, but that's how I met Derek. I met Derek from my buddy Jim Kane, um, and actually Derek's dad, Chris Trucks, uh, 
before I met Derek, but um, Miss Jim, Doug Zani as well, who uh, had his birthday last week, uh, Derek and, and David, his brother, uh, and Chris Trucks, all were at, at Doug's funeral when he passed a couple years ago. Just just a, just great people. I mean, just great Jacksonville people. And let me tell you something. He is a huge Jaguars fan. And I want to replay it for you because I, I want you to hear the emotion about how you, you know as a Jag fan that, what, minutes don't go by that you don't think about this game, right? That That's what a true fan is all about. You, you think of every possibility. You think about how you can win it. You think about how you could blow it. And that's what real fans do. Derek Trucks is a real fan. He is a huge Jaguar fan. All right, on the other side, let's get some more stuff from you. Uh, I'm not going to be able to answer all of you. I, I, I am blown away by your participation on our text line, 641-1010, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Just phenomenal stuff. I'm going to pick a few of these. And uh, as well, JJ and I, we got to make our picks. Yeah, it's tough to believe we're down to 13 games. Wow, six this weekend. And then obviously four during the divisional round, two during championship Sunday before the Super Bowl, which will be played this year in Phoenix. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, let's give out a couple of tickets for next Thursday night with the Mac in town. Cover version, rumors, and I've heard them. They're good, and I will be there, and I'm, I can wait. But I'm not in one of those I can't wait modes. That includes tomorrow night. I want to enjoy tonight. I want to enjoy tomorrow. Hope I get up tomorrow after that latest report coming out about those who just took the jab. I'm going to drop dead, maybe on air. If that happens, you think I'll get my name in the newspaper? What do you think? <laughs> Died suddenly. Definitely not because of the vaccine. I can't believe the comments after the fact. People are like, well, finally, good. There's some good news on Friday the 3rd. I mean, people are like, people are dying, and the other side's like, applauding it because you know they didn't take the jab it's amazing i mean we're talking about great americans <sighs> all right enough's enough we're all as as jim morrison once said no one here is getting out alive some of it is going to go quicker than others um how do we want to give these away i'm gonna do it right now peter green was Right there with Mick Fleetwood and John McVie is one of the original, you know, founding fathers of Fleetwood Mac. Unfortunately for Peter Green, he kind of went the way of Sid Barrett and his mind exploded uh, because of chronic drug use and problems with mental health. He wrote a song that was fantastic you never really heard it by Fleetwood Mac. However, Carlos Santana took it and made it a major hit. It's a 
song that you will still hear today on classic rock radio. Okay, what is the name of that song? We'll take the first caller at 641-1010. I'm just going to put you straight on the radio, so keep the radio turned down when you're calling in because I'm going to pull you up. I just need the name of the song, and you'll get two tickets. We'll see you out there Thursday night where rumors of Fleetwood Mac uh, is playing out in Orange Park, and I'm I'm really uh, looking forward to uh, to this concert. It, it should be a whole heck of a lot of fun. Again, the number is 641-1010. If you'd like to get on in, I'll just grab these calls, 641-1010, if you would like to see rumors uh, coming up a week, or not even a week away. It, it's coming up this Thursday. All right, let's grab some calls. First up, you're on with Rick Ballou. Who is it, please? It is... Uh... Black Magic Woman by Peter Green, but sung by Fleetwood Mac and Peter Green originally. You got it. You got two. Uh, you got two tickets. Are you going to be able to make the show? Who is this, by the way? This is my name is Jim. Right. Are you going to be able to make the show? Absolutely. Well, great. Hang on the line. You get to talk to uh, to JJ, and we'll see you out there next Thursday. All right. Great. Appreciate it, Rick. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah, Black Magic Woman. So there you go. Santana, man, what a version they had. I've told this story before, but one of the last times I played golf with Derek Trucks was right after the Warriors beat the Celtics for the NBA championship. And Carlos Santana, I guess, is a huge Golden State fan. I didn't know that. But obviously, Derek's wife, Susan, is from Boston like I am. So we were we were playing golf, and all of a sudden, he shows me this. It was a a text that he had just received from Carlos Santana of him kissing the Larry O'Brien trophy. Pretty, pretty interesting. So good stuff there. Uh, but congratulations, black magic woman. Uh, 9846. Hey, Baloo. Uh, I know that Trevor has been held out full practice for the last few weeks after the injury. He's not been upgraded. Yada, yada, yada. Is he still doing only mental? Rest? He's been on a, practicing on a limited basis, and, and here's what we do. We, uh, here's what we do know. We don't because you're allowed to go in when they stretch. Once they get to any team activity, any team drills, the media does not have uh, accessibility. But this has been the standard for him over the last four weeks. Nothing changes. He is going to play. So I would not be – Concerned about that, honestly. I, I I just wouldn't. Man, look at all of these uh, coming in. I, I'm trying to get a couple of them. Uh, let's see, uh, 89, 84. Oh, yeah, Baloo, biggest concern, Trey Herndon, anywhere near Keenan Allen. That is going to be very interesting in itself. Is, is the whole offensive design now by – Joe Lombardi. How how is he going? Because taking away Mike Williams is a bona fide deep threat, big play wide receiver. Keenan Allen has sixty receptions over the last six weeks, or last eight weeks, six uh, fifty over the last six. And you know they do all sorts of things with Keenan Allen. You can line him up on the outside. You could certainly look for mismatches and put him in the slot. I would expect a lot of that uh, coming up excuse me, coming up tomorrow night. I, I think that that absolutely is going to be part of, of what they try to do. They they also run, uh, you know, bunch-type packages where 
you know, different routes all coming, different concepts all coming together in a group. And, uh, you know, what is Jacksonville going to do in that situation? Are, are they going to play man-to-man coverage? Are they instead going to perhaps play a little bit more zone? I, I don't have the answer for you there. We'll, we'll find out. Um, Allen caught 10 of 13 targets on, on third downs over the last couple of games. All right, he has been the go-to guy. Uh, I also read earlier today, Jackson will play cover one, which is man, as you know. I got a very smart Jaguar listening football audience. 58% of their snaps this year, they played man. So, you know, does Darius Williams take that on inside? Williams struggled in the slot. Trey Herndon's been better since he was scratched, a healthy scratch for a couple of weeks. I think it's more of the fact that Williams has been that much better on the outside opposite Campbell uh, with Herndon inside. They, they're clearly in the market for a, uh, uh, you know, a slot guy. A month ago, they were clearly in the market for another corner. Right now, it feels like they're in the market for a slot guy. But that's what makes this game so interesting. And also now, the loss of Mike Williams helps that. Maybe the thinking is, nah, it's going to be more of Mike Williams outside. To me, it makes perfect sense. Create a mismatch. Have the majority of his snaps, uh, you know, they're, they're at the slot position. I, I, I don't know uh, what they are going to do. Uh, 8902 says, JJ's right on the money. Linebackers can't cover tight ends. Yep, there's no doubt. There's no, they can't cover tight ends, Gerald Everett. They, they can't cover backs. They're the worst in the NFL when it comes to covering running backs, catching the ball. That, that can't be the case tomorrow night. You, you just cannot allow that. And, again, the Chargers are number one in the NFL in yards after reception, 2,478 yards. Um. That's too much. The Jaguars are, as I said, worst at covering backs out of the backfield. They're also the third worst tackling unit in the NFL. This defense is bend but do not break. And and the thing that really sticks out is, you know, 27 takeaways this year. Takeaways tomorrow night obviously are going to be huge. But I, if if you're leaning on your defense again, it. Folks, you have to you have to consider this. What Jacksonville has done the last three weeks is very promising. Okay, they've only allowed just over fifteen points a game over their last five. The last three games, they've only allowed one touchdown and five field goals. But they've gone up against Zach Wilson, Chris Strebler, Davis Mills, Jeff Driscoll, and Josh. Dobbs. Justin Herbert is in a totally different category than what Jacksonville has faced as of late. And Jacksonville has one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. They do not create enough sacks. There are some people right now that are down on the offensive line in Los Angeles. And if you have noticed, Justin Herbert has been rolling out a lot more than he normally does. Uh, he also is number one in the NFL when it comes to the play action. So if Austin Eckler is having any success at all running the football, 
look for L.A. to take some shots. Um, this is a big game for Joe Lombardi. He's heard about it a little bit in L.A. This whole staff could be under fire after the Mike Williams deal, especially if Sean Payton is lurking. I mean, this could be a fired because the guy they're going to hire they think makes them that much better. And I believe in coaching. I think there's a huge edge here for Peterson over Staley. You know Jacksonville and Doug Peterson. You know they're going to try to win this game. They're going to take some chances. I would expect the same thing with L.A. Again, there's not a team in the NFL who had more offensive plays this year of 20 yards thrown in the air completions. Okay? Um, L.A. was in the top three. I hate to do this to you. Jacksonville was number one. In the NFL, they allowed 25 receptions in the air of 20 yards or more. This is a pick-your-poison. Jacksonville is bad as a passing defense. L.A. is bad as a rushing defense. If you could improve either one of those two on that side, for either one of those two teams, that's the difference of the game. It is. The flip side being the quarterbacks have to perform well. They've never played in a game of this magnitude. This is the first ever start for Lawrence and the first ever start for Herbert. I can't imagine what it's going to be like in pregame. And as great as Trevor's been this year, he hasn't done a lot lately. The last three weeks, he hasn't. One touchdown pass in the last three weeks. Trevor Lawrence tomorrow night has to light up Los Angeles. And I think that becomes easier to do if Jacksonville can run the football, okay? For the record, and you may argue with me, I would rather have a porous pass defense than a porous run defense. Because if you can just line up your big uglies and run it right down their throat, you're taking clock with you, and you can take over the ditch and take over the game. Passing offense, I still think, even though this has become a passing league, there still is more of an opportunity for a turnover or a takeaway, you know, a strip sack that we just saw, an interception. Again, Jacksonville's really done a great job making some big plays on that side. So they could give up a lot, but then all of a sudden, you know, make a, uh, make a big play. I, I, I better throw in there as well, okay? Yo, Travis, ETN, hang on to the damn football. You can't be fumbling. I mean, what does he have this year? Six fumbles, three lost? Let me see as we head to this break. Let me look up Travis Etienne uh, this year. You know, that it's really uh, – he has three fumbles, three lost on rushing. I, I want to say he's got a couple receiving. Five fumbles, three lost. All right, so he's got two as a receiver. So, yeah. Five in 17 games. Uh-uh. Uh, better in pass protection. I think we gave him credit for. Not perfect, but better. Receptions down a little bit this year. You know, I, I think that'll increase beginning next year. But for him, it's about running the ball. I mean, l- listen, he averages 5.1, yon, uh, 5.1 yards a carry. L.A. allows 5.4 a rushing attempt. It is historically 
by far the worst number since the merger. You have to go back to 1959 to find a team that allowed 5.4 yards a carry. That's what L.A.'s allowing right now. Jacksonville should be able to line up and run the ball right at him. And then that opens things up for Trevor Lawrence. All right, coming up as we get ready to wrap right here on this Friday, let's make our weekly selections, Baloo and JJ, and, of course, our final comments on the matchup coming up Saturday night. Into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Jacksonville, the playoffs right here at home. They'll do it for the fifth time tomorrow night. Of course, the last home game was a thriller. Where were you when Blake Bortles hit Ben Koyak in the back of the end zone? 10-3. Back on January 7th, 2018. Jaguars 3-1 lifetime here in Duval. It'll be the second time that they'll play on a Saturday, which, by the way, Trevor Lawrence has never lost a game on a Saturday, college or high school. Insane stat. There was a game played on a Saturday way back when, final Jacksonville 62, the Dolphins 7. The end of the career for Dan Marino, the end of the career in Miami for Jimmy Johnson. Uh, 40 players on this Jaguars active roster will be making their playoff debut on Saturday. All right, let's wrap it up with our weekly picks. We do it each and every Friday. It's Baloo and JJ. Baloo 8-2 last week. JJ 5-5. Five and five. Season total standings. Mm. Baloo 117 and 68. JJ is 106 and 79. So I'm up, I'm up 11 with 13 to go. <laughs> That's going to be rough for you to lose this. This I would be go, the worst meltdown in the history of sports. I can go first, and and you can go opposite me to try to pick up those 13. So it's a, it's up to you. And, I'm just going for what I think is going to be the best record. Okay. So uh, I'm I've conceding. I lost. We'll um, – We'll document this and then bring it up again next year. We'll see what happens. San Francisco hosts Seattle. Give me the 49ers for the third time this year. Couldn't agree more. Niners big. You are up Miami Buffalo. (laughs) Uh, No-brainer for me. I like the Bills, and I like the Bills to cover 13-and-a-half. All right. I'm going to take Buffalo as well. New York at Minnesota. You know, the Philly Rooster made me think. But I'm taking Minnesota at home. Yeah, I'm taking a team with 13 wins. I know they've played in a lot of close games, but I'm taking the Vikings. Baltimore, much like Miami, going with a backup quarterback. Baltimore, for the third time, will take on Cincinnati. It is in Ohio. I like the Bengals. I like Cincinnati as well. Uh, Dallas at Tampa. I will take the Cowboys visiting the Buccaneers on Monday night. Yeah, I was skeptical about this game. And uh, I was leaning towards the Cowboys, and after Philly Rooster came on, now I'm really with the Cowboys. I like them to cover. And final comment from you and prediction on the Chargers visiting the Jaguars. I am going to say Chargers 20, Chargers 31, Jags 28. So you take an LAC. Unfortunately, I am. Okay. I'm going to take the Jaguars 34, 31. 
Uh, I think tomorrow night is the start of a brilliant future here, and it's going to take a incredible effort by this football team offensively. Uh, this is not going to be one of those low-scoring games where you hope for a late turnover. Uh-uh. You're going to have to score and score and keep scoring. I think the offense gets it done. I think they run the football, and I think Lawrence has arguably one of the best games of his career. I also think the intangibles are enormous for Jacksonville. The home crowd, there'll be no Charger fans. I mean, if you see 500 Charger fans there, I think that's that's the over. That's friends and family of the team. None. And if so, it, it, it may be like, are, are there Tennessee Titan fans in town or Houston fans in town that maybe get dressed up as an L.A. fan for this game? So you're going to have 70,000-plus. And the crowd last week in, in, in a low-scoring event defensively was huge at the end. I also love you know, Doug Peterson to me, head and shoulders above uh, Brandon Staley is the coach. So I'm going to take the Jaguars, 34 to 31 and folks leave early get in early it's going to be a mess downtown okay um get into the stadium as soon as you can you certainly want to see Derek and Susan uh, play the national anthem and just all of the pregame hype I mean consider going in real early and watch them warm up uh, that's always something that I have thoroughly enjoyed be safe have a designated driver I'll be out there early tomorrow I'll see all you folks at the bank, it is going to be a blast, no question about it. Thank you to Derek Trucks. Thank you to the Philly Rooster. Thank you to JJ. My name is Rick Ballou. I don't check the text line now that the show is over. If you want to get a hold of me, do so on Twitter. That is Ballou, B-A-L-L-O-U, at 1010XL. We got a final from the bank, according to the truth teller. Jaguars 31. Uh, make the Jaguars 34. Chargers, 31.